0: Welcome to the Immigrant Voices Podcast Project. I'm Deb Bluestein, and I'll be bringing you the voices of the courageous people who have made the U.S. their home. You'll hear about the lives and people they left behind in their native countries, their journeys here, their struggles and successes. You'll hear from parents of dreamers, dreamers themselves, undocumented to naturalized citizens, and everything in between. Since his elementary school days in Turkey, Remzi's passion for history, geography, and meeting people worldwide has never ceased. In his early 20s, he befriended American GIs stationed in Turkey to practice his English. His career as a professional tour guide took off as he showed them the historical sites of his country. Lifelong friendships between Ramsey and his tourists led him to visit and eventually move to the United States in 2009. I consider Remzi an ambassador for peace because he brings together people from many different countries and cultures. Living in the U.S. seven months of the year, he spends his summers guiding tours in Turkey. I caught up with him for this interview while he was still in Istanbul. Today my guest is Ramsey and he is from Turkey. Welcome Remzi. Can you tell me a little bit about how you first came to the United States and what motivated you to come to the United States and settle here?
1: Uh, My passion for the United States started when I was in the elementary school. And at the fourth grade, we started studying about geography and history of the states. And I admired that the U.S. had the longest railways and the longest river. Uh, In the world, the Mississippi and Rocky Mountains, I adored hearing all those. Then when I started studying English at the elementary school, I wanted to learn it. And I wanted to go to the States one day. But I had no opportunity to practice my English. Then when I moved to a bigger city, I heard that there was the U.S. Air Force Base there. And I saw some GIs wandering around in downtown for shopping on Sunday. But I was a very shy boy. I didn't know how to start the simple talk. When so shy, I asked them, there were two boys, I said, excuse me, sir, I am studying English by myself. I need practice. They said, sure, come with us. We need you. We need your interpretation. And then at the end of the day, we liked each other. I said, may I come and see you next? So I started visiting them, and they introduced me to their friends. So many friends, finally. One of them said, Ramsey, you must be a tour guide, because I started showing them the area. You must be a tour guide. Finally, I attended classes, and I became a registered tour guide and started taking tours from the base to historical sites.
0: How old were you at that point when you became a tour guide? When I started practicing my English, I was
1: 22. And and as a registered tour guide, I was 27.
0: And then
1: one couple said, you must be a tour guide. And he encouraged me. And then I started guiding them. I met another friend called John MacDonald. Uh, One day I said, John, all Americans tell me that I must visit the States to be more uh, academic during my tours. Uh, Would you invite me? He said, sure. When he was back to Florida, he sent me a a letter. I went to the embassy in Ankara and they asked me my purpose. I said, All my American guests tell me, I must see your country. They said, sure, you must. And they gave me the visa in 1993, January 9th, for seven weeks. I loved it. And then two years later, John told me, your daughter must come and see here too. And my daughter went back on a holiday. She loved it. And I wanted to educate my children in the States because in Turkey, we have a severe university entry test. Very tough. The students from big cities have private classes, better schools. They have better opportunity. We did not have it because I was living in a small town. And a friend from the base, a doctor, said, Ramsey, we are moving back to the States. We would like your daughter to come with us. So it was a great opportunity. But my father, my father-in-law, everybody, my wife said, no, she cannot go to the States because gangs and drugs, you know, they know... Uh, America like that problem all the time. <laughs> I said, no, uh, you don't know much about America. This is a great opportunity for my uh, children's horizons. I want them to be educated there. Better opportunity, better income. So 1997, September, I went to visit her at the time. So every winter, I spent a couple of months with her there, and that's how I started. Then 2001, they invited my second daughter for their friends, and then she came. Now, the elder daughter the works for the uh, uh, Brookline Bank, Then the younger daughter the works for Cisco Systems. That's why we are with them every winter. My purpose was to educate my children. And uh, then my son also came there, studied yeah, at the University of Southern New Hampshire. He got his master's degree, MBA, and he is in Istanbul now. He's is a tour guide and computer programmer.
0: Wow. So, when did you come to the States to live?
1: December 2009. We got our green card and we
0: moved to the States. What's it like living in two worlds? Actually, I love it. Both countries
1: are special to me. I love both countries. Turkey has unimaginable, incredible human history because it has been positioned between continents and countries from every nations, even Celtic from Vikings to Mongolian, Arab history to Russians, Romans, Greeks, and Turks. And when I go to the States, I love that country. Everything is well organized. People are friendly and hardworking and all kinds of opportunities. That's why my daughters stay there. They don't want to move back to Turkey. We are expecting my son, my son's green card next year. That is his time. So he will move there.
0: How many months out of the year are you in the United States? And how many months of the year are you in Turkey? And also, what happened during COVID? Were you stuck in the States?
1: Seven months in Boston in the US and five months in Turkey. And during COVID, we were in Boston and we couldn't come to Turkey for two years. We were sad not to see our son because he was here in Istanbul, but I enjoyed, I was not bored. I I enjoyed living in Brookline. I used to go there for fishing with a friend, and I also enjoyed reading books and studying English, and it was fun. Joining ESL classes on Zoom, I followed all the ESL classes of Newton or Brookline, all of
0: them. What was the most difficult part of coming to the United States to live? Were there any obstacles? Did you have to adjust to life in the United States in a way that was... Different from Turkey.
1: We used to live in New Hampshire, Bedford, uh, New New Hampshire, and our condo was right at the outskirts of the town. No transportations, no public, there was no public transportations, and my daughter needed the, the car to go to her work to drive her work. So we were lonely. My wife and I were one of the biggest. The biggest problem in small cities in the United States is the public Uh transportation. And we wouldn't go anywhere. We used to hike around in the condo and the same places. And wintertime, very cold, very boring, (laughs) uh, isolated, no friends. That's why finally we moved to Boston.
0: Is there music in the background or TV on or something where you are?
1: It is the prayer call. Now, finishing it, a prayer call for the night.
0: And how many day, times a day does that happen?
1: Five, and this wow. is the last one. I woke up at 5, five, five, five a.m. this morning for praying. Second praying was at, at 1 p.m., uh, number 3, 4 p.m., sunset, 7.30, and this one is the last.
0: And do you follow that religious I, practice? I do. I do. What happens when you're in the States?
1: The closest one, one mile from my home. I sometimes go by walking, sometimes by driving but I will go on Friday. Friday is the Islamic uh, communal day, oh. Friday mostly. The other praying I can pray at home. Roxborough Crossing. This one is at the Roxborough Crossing, and oh. uh, so I go there for Fridays, but sometimes I go other uh, times too. Only Friday praying at noon, 1 p.m. is mandatory with communal. The other ones, I can pray at home. If I can pray with the uh, community, the other prayings even uh, more good deeds, but if I cannot, it's the all right.
0: Where were you when 9-11 happened?
1: I was in Turkey, and I was guiding. I had a group, uh, about 15 people. Uh, we have very interesting historical places. There was a rock castle, we call this rock castle. Prehistoric people uh, carved the huge cliff for their sheltering or for their defense. I was up there showing them the uh, sites from the top the caves, all the historical places, panoramic view. When I was down, I saw a crowd, people in, in a rush. I said, what's happening? And one of my friends said, Ramzi, your America is attacked. Because they, they know uh, I have a relationship with my daughter. Your America has been attacked. I said, what? They said, come on in. There was, there was a cafe, and then they were watching it. Then I invited my guests, Also, we looked at the second aeroplane hitting the second Mm -hmm. building. I thought it was a joke. I I couldn't believe it was true. It was a shocking event. So
0: I was going to ask you if you had encountered any kind of problems. I
1: had an experience. That year, in uh, December, I went to the States again with my wife. And my daughter, and it was this time of the night, we were driving. I told my daughter, can I pray in this park? So she pulled the car, and I had my praying rug and rolled it, unrolled it, and I prayed. An American seeing me, you see, you guys, we bomb us, but you bomb us, but we are tolerant. We let you to pray here. <laughs> I was shocked, you know. I did not expect somebody that night in the evening. I think he was watching at me praying, you know. And so he blamed all the Islamic people I uh, said, they are terrorists. Uh, and terrorists, they have no religion, no nation. I am a poor guy, I am innocent. Uh, I love America. Those those the words I could remember, and you know, I could tell them, because uh, those terrorists, they have no religion. They if they would have a religion, I wouldn't do that, you know?
0: That must have been upsetting for you.
1: Yes, I was shocked at the next week. He was behind me waiting until I finished, and then he said, look, you are bombing us, and we let like you to live here, we let like you to pray. <laughs> so, incredible. And I said, uh, it might happen, I, I, because of tourism, I am tolerant, you know.
0: Tell me how being a tour guide makes you more tolerant.
1: I get people from all over the world. So I have different ideas, different views, different expectations, and I uh, respect them because they come. All the way from Japan, or Hong Kong, or Switzerland, or South America, United States, kind of, And they spend time, they spend money, and I feel the responsibility for this. So I try to help the best. And uh, some might be tired, and some uh, So uh, I used to be a part-time English teacher. I also know students the experience I think all these, and I always uh, try to feel them they, and understand their feelings. And usually I had no problems. Usually all out with my hospitality and my passions and paying attention to them.
0: Your tours are so in depth because of your knowledge of history. You said when you were in grammar school, you started to get interested in history. You want to say a little bit more about that?
1: I was interested in geography and history. And uh, I feel myself a kind of passion for it. I love learning about new countries and their resources, their people, their lifestyle. And also, I adored human civilizations and their history. And uh, even today, I like watching movies based on true stories. I don't like Star Wars, that kind of things. <laughs> I remember in my village, people used to dig historical sites to discover things. I was curious what kind of things they will find, like rings and from the Hittites or Greeks and Romans. I loved it. I was number one in my class in elementary, middle school, on English and history and Jorah. That's
0: great. Did you ever go on an archaeological dig?
1: Yes, I have many archaeologist friends. I also do interpreting, translating for them voluntarily and they invite my digging. And I also try, you need more passion for it, to work with the brush. Imagine the um, whole area, slow by slow, you don't, you cannot hurt the item. You know, you never know what you'll encounter sometimes. And then I got an American guy, I we, said, you can try. He left the brush, grabbed the shovel, he started digging, I said, stop, stop. <laughs> because this is not like that. There might be a very valuable uh, jar in there you can break, you know. has no idea about it. So I had the uh, experience sometimes with my guests also. I want them to see. And especially, uh, I used to take GIs and uh, 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 John MacDonald, my friend, uh, was, because they were permanent in Turkey, uh, the, the sites uh, working together. And I love it. Also, the underground shelterings, cave dwellings, not only regular, uh, sites we had many excavations together,
0: great, and have you started your tour yeah. business in the States, having Turkish people showing them some of the historical sites around Boston?
1: No, because I couldn't come to Turkey last like year, and I came here two months ago, and now my daughter and my son, they say that you worked since you were born, so we will Aww. take care of you. You don't need to work. You take care of my mom. So I take care of your mom. And I do some guiding uh, in Istanbul because I cannot stay at home. I have to they have some actions. So part-time I still do guiding. And it is great to be back to those places to visit Hagia Sophia in Istanbul, Top a Palace and those sites, the Egyptian obelisk from 1500 BC. Things are very old here, you know and Hagia Sophia, the greatest Christian church from the sixth century, and uh, the items in the, the museums, uh, so I cannot forget them. I have to see them.
0: How do the people find you now, people that you're taking on guided tours now? Are, are they personal friends, or how do they find you? After two
1: years, there's a kind of platform put my name there, and they recognize me. way they remember my name. And those travel agencies and friends call me all the time. They say, are you available tomorrow? I had another call from a friend today, some, some travel agents, some friends, you know, and so I will have another tour tomorrow.
0: Are you booked most of the summer when you're there? Is your son doing a tour guide business as well?
1: Yes. He speaks Portuguese, Spanish, English. He guides in three languages. He's booked every day. Sometimes he's too tired, so today he got a day off. Oh. But I've been working uh, last four weeks. Because uh, my kids want, did not want me to work. They said, enjoy. So we were traveling. My right? wife and I was traveling a lot Turkey. And uh, so we are back to Istanbul. So last four weeks I've been uh, working. And soon my daughter, my husband, will be here. A month later, then we will go another Turkey tour together with her. She wants to see the sights and places. She missed Turkey tour.
0: Is there anything else that you'd like to share from your experiences as an immigrant starting your life in the United States? Maybe some advice that you would give to, to somebody?
1: I will say America is a very nice country, beautiful country all kinds of opportunities for studying, working, and uh, no discrimination. We have no no experience with discrimination in the States. I have never seen somebody, only uh, my praying after 9-11. So people are friendly, as long as you are good. And it is easy to attend classes. There are all kinds of opportunities for work, profession, whatever you want. So when I am back, I would like to study Spanish. My son uh, encourages me when I attend Spanish classes. He says, why not second language? English is enough. All professions, whatever you want to, uh, and all kind of stuff. So I will recommend them, don't be lazy or don't be shy. Just try to attend any classes for professions and you will have good jobs. And uh, you will not be unemployed and you will not be helpless. For example, in Turkey, people don't have that much opportunity because of high inflation or high unemployment, and they cannot have classes like in the United States free of charge. So in the United States, whatever you want, you can get it. If you are willing, don't worry. So just wish it, desire it, and do it.
0: Desire it, and you can make it happen here.
1: Definitely, Yes. yes. In Turkey, many things you cannot have anything. Uh, no, no opportunities, no options.
0: What about citizenship? Have you thought about becoming a naturalized citizen in the United States?
1: Yes, finally, my ah. wife and I decided to take the classes. Then we are back. We will also take online online classes, and we would like to take the test. I've been studying history by myself, and. Uh, I love it, you know, I like all, all kinds of human history. I, mean, uh, I will apply for it and then I will take the test.
0: Will you be able to have dual citizenship, two passports?
1: Right, Turkey and the U.S. have an agreement for it, so I will have two passports and two double dual citizenship.
0: Great, so the idea of being a tour guide in the States it's been tabled for now. Your children are encouraging you to be semi-retired. Is that what's going on?
1: It's what they want.
0: You're going to limit your tour guide business to when you're in Turkey.
1: Right. They want me to take care of their mom. They don't want me anything to do anything else. They say enjoy your life just for fun, do it for fun. So they don't want me work in the U.S. either they buy our flight tickets. They don't let us spend money in the States either. You, know?
0: you have very devoted children. That's that's Thank for sure. You. I hope someday to be one of the people that comes to Turkey and gets shown around to these historic sites by you. I think your depth of knowledge is so so great for the area. Is there some place else in the world that you wanna travel that you haven't seen yet?
1: Yes. I love traveling. I traveled a lot in the States. All my American guests invited me to visit also I visit the most places in the States. Even taking by Greyhound, traveled by bus all over flight I did but I want to see the land. I want to see the people. And now I would like to see South America, Asia. And we might go to Egypt when my daughter comes next month. In Europe, I have been Lithuania two weeks, and Amsterdam one day in the Netherlands. But I want to see more in Europe, too.
0: That's great. How long have you been... Taking English classes,
1: Still classes with Boston libraries. The libraries have classes, you know. And actually, I started substituting some of the teachers when they were busy, and I helped them as an assistant also in some libraries.
0: You help run co- some of the conversation classes at yes. the libraries. That's I great. Imagine. Okay. Anything else you'd like to say that, about your immigrant experience or? Your adjustment to the language, to the food around the United States. How has that been?
1: I am very happy educating my children there. And that was my dream rather than myself. My dream is to improve my children's horizons, despite all my relatives were against me. Even before my father died, he told me, Bring those children back to Turkey. Bring them. Don't leave them. Of course, he couldn't figure out uh, how happy they were in the States. would not know it, you know. So my dream happened. Both of my daughters have a good job, and they are very happy living there. And my son enjoyed studying in the States and taking computer uh, science there. He's been working for his green card for 14 years. Next year, he will also move there. And uh, so we will have a family reunion in the States. As a computer programmer here, he doesn't have much income. That's why he's back to the uh, tour guiding in summertime, time, uh, and there's no tourist, and he does the uh, uh, computer business. So he will have a good opportunity there, too. Uh, working conditions they are much more comfortable, you know, enjoyable. Even uh, Boston area is cold and expensive. We don't mind it because... They have a really good life there, very happy there.
0: You were saying that your relatives, other people, had discouraged you from going to the United States and sending your children there. What did they say to you?
1: As I told you, my father, my mother, my wife, father, mother, my brothers, sisters, uncles, everybody told me, don't send your daughter. This was 1997. America is... Very dangerous gangs, drugs. You know all those movies. You can you watch all the All problems in the, in the United States. You will lose your daughter, and then you will lose. If you send the other one, you will lose your children, your generation in the United States. Don't send everybody with gangs, but they haven't been to the never have been to the states, and they had no idea. Just movies, news. I told them. Not to worry about them because I've been to these days many times and I, I have many friends there. All
0: these years later, you've proved them wrong. Do they say, oh, we were wrong and you were right? Do they say that or do they still think you made a mistake?
1: No, they say oh. they are wrong and I am right. They <laughs> see everything and they see how a nice job my children have, have a, a nice life they have there and they are happy and and they have good income. But well, now my uh, second daughter has her own condo and she has room for us. Uh, if she was here, she couldn't make that much income. She wouldn't have that uh, good life, comfortable life, you know. She would be like ordinary people with little income and got married and, and then uh, tough life. And so my relatives, everybody know it. So they say, even they say to us, can you take our children? There? <laughs> <laughs> How can we send our children to neighbors? Uh, 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 and they want their children to get uh, educated. But it's not easy even as a student. It's not like that anymore. It's better to get a visa now. For,
0: it's harder to get a visa now.
1: Because people from all over the world would like to uh, go to the States and get, uh, educate their children there. Because better life, better lifestyle there.
0: All right, Ramsey. It's been great talking to you. I loved having you in my class when we did the English for Immigrant Entrepreneurs class. That was great. I'll catch up with you maybe in Brookline or maybe in Istanbul one of these days. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome. I hope one day... Obama or you or some people will be my guest, and I would like to share my language with them and show these places. is an unbelievable country. Also, when mm-hmm. one summer day, nice to see you again. Deborah.
0: Thank you so much. Not only does Remzi bring his guests to all the significant spots in Turkey from caves to castles to mosques, but he also continues to explore the cultural heritage of his adopted country. Loving his ability to live in two different worlds, it's clear that Ramsey's interaction with people from other countries and cultures has made him a great unifier. Over the years, all three of his children have been educated in the United States Ramsey and his wife are eagerly studying for their citizenship. Thank you for staying with us right to the end of this episode. The Immigrant Voices Podcast Project is the brainchild of Michelle Duval, the program director at the Adult Education Program at the Gardner Pilot Academy in Alston, Massachusetts. You can learn more about English for speakers of other languages courses at our website, gpaesol.com, or by emailing Michelle Duval directly at M.Duval. D-U-V-A-L at live.com Without the funding of Charles View Inc. and the support of its Executive Director Joanne Barber this project would never have been possible And last but not least a big thank you to all the guests who are participating in this series of interviews and to all our listeners we say thank you Do come back for the next episode.